Hey guys, welcome to Right Way, a podcast where we give you insight to make informed decisions about your writing career. I'm your host, Rhea Fry, multi-published author and CEO and founder of Right Way. And I'm Joe Tower, writer, media producer, and Right Way's executive editor. On this podcast, Rhea and I will take an inside look at the publishing industry with honest and straightforward shop talk. So when you do get published, you'll know exactly what to do the right way. Hey everyone, welcome to the very first podcast of year 2022. That sounds super futuristic. Um, I hope everyone had a wonderful end to 2021 and are really bringing in this new year with some new intentions. As you may have noticed, the last couple of weeks, the Right Way podcast has been absent. And while I decided to shut our offices down, our remote offices down, for the month of December and really part of November, in order to kind of get space to create some of my own work, to reset um, for both Joe and myself, something very serious has happened that will affect our podcast going forward and um, affect life in general. And I wanted to start the top of this episode um, explaining why I am solo and what is going on in Joe's world. So Joe and I had actually recorded a couple of really great podcast episodes um, earlier in December that we wanted to go out before the new year. And a couple of weeks ago, I got a um, message from Joe at about 4.30 in the morning and just knew intrinsically that it wasn't going to be good. So Joe is a very private person. It's one of the things that I love the most about him. He does not broadcast things on social media or really feel the need to talk about things the way so many of us do. But for those who don't know, he has been dating um, a woman from Hungary, uh, an amazing, one of the, seriously, one of the most amazing, positive human beings um, on earth. Her name is Anna, and uh, they've been dating a couple of years, and she moved from Hungary to Colorado, where they both live now, and they got engaged, and then they got married. And it was, again, a very kind of private, spur-of-the-moment thing. But Anna is Joe's person, and Joe is Anna's person, and they've just had the most wonderful start to their relationship. Um, Anna got COVID not too long ago, and they went on a trip to Chicago recently. And when she got back, she was just feeling really tired, and they thought, you know, oh, maybe this is just some long-haul COVID symptoms. And all of a sudden she started getting some bruises that just like popped up on her body. And she'd had blood work done about five months prior and was perfect. She's 34. She's in great health. She's a runner, um, super healthy. And Joe just had this feeling like, ah, we need to, we need to go get this checked out. So long story short, they went and got um, to an urgent care clinic, got her blood work done. And the doctor called at nine o'clock that night and said, you know, you need to come in. Um, so they actually went to the ER. They did a battery of tests and it turns out that Anna has acute leukemia and it's pretty advanced. And they actually airlifted her um, in Durango to Denver, where this, you know, kind of big specialist is. 
and had her like in the bone marrow wing that that very night or next morning um getting ready for chemo treatment and uh, in a single day Joe and Anna's lives have turned upside down their new marriage their first christmas together all of it has just completely upended and turned into something else now I'm getting chills as I'm talking about this. Joe and I have been on a lot, like the last two years, we have done so much deep work. We have really, really been working on our minds um, as well as our business. And no matter how centered or calm you get, you're never prepared to hear something like this. And the treatment is extreme. Um, It's it's going to be years, years long. It's like a three-year protocol, no matter what. So the lives that they have set up in Durango, they are now moving to Denver. Anna will be in the hospital for quite some time. Um, but she is amazing and she is so positive and she's usually uh, using the power of visualization and meditation and, and staying so positive. But Joe, you know, is her support system um, as she does not have family in Colorado. And I think this is just such a lesson for all of us and how, (laughs) you know, we get so caught up in making plans for the future and in focusing on what's going right or what isn't going right or what's happened or what hasn't happened. And it is such a reminder that, while we do have control over our minds, we do not have control over always over our bodies or what's going on internally or what someone else is going to do or say or how they're going to act. And it's such a potent reminder that the only thing we can control is our mindset, whether we have cancer, whether we lose a job, whether we're stressed about money, whether friendships are ending, it is all dependent upon our mindset. And, you know, that word is really thrown around a lot. And it's very easy to tune into old programming, to pay attention to petty things that don't really matter. And when things like this happen, when someone gets sick, when your world is turned upside down, when everything fades away and the only thing left is love and that person, it really crystallizes what's important and what matters in life. And honestly, through all of this, Joe and I have expressed our love and gratitude for each other more than we ever have in our you know 20-year friendship. And it makes space to allow because so many of us try to control the outcomes of our lives and we hold so tightly to these ideals and the way things are supposed to happen and and what we wanted to happen. And when they don't, we can fall apart and we can get angry and we can lose faith. And Joe and Anna are handling this with such grace and such allowance and such receiving and such positivity. And this is just the start of the journey. It's going to get harder. They both know that. And it is a a constant lesson in staying in the present moment and taking it day by day because that's literally all they can do. Um, In order to 
help them with their medical expenses. Uh, Joe's sister, Anna, his uh, Joe's sister, Joe's sister, Samantha, has put together a GoFundMe for Anna um, in helping with her medical expenses. We will put a link to that in the show notes. They are more than halfway to their goal, which is amazing. Um, but you can go to GoFund.me and the their campaign is backslash 17E5EA1B, as in boy. Um, you can also just go to GoFundMe.com and look up Anna Tower in the search, and it's one of the first things that comes up. But we're really trying to get any sort of help that we can as they face this long road ahead. So all of that being said, you know, the podcast is going to look a little different going forward. Um, we will have our two pre-recorded um, sessions that Joe and I did together, but it's going to be a while before he can get his equipment out there. So there might be more guests, more solo episodes, but I just ask that everyone keep Joe and Anna in their thoughts as they embark on this medical journey and journey of healing. And hopefully they will have the most incredible story to tell on the other end. So all of that being said, when, when that happened, this was about a week before Christmas. And so that happened. Um, my brother got COVID, so we couldn't see him for the holidays. A lot of other friends got COVID, um, someone in Sophie's class got COVID. And it was, it was this real like strange energy going on. And on top of that, I received two (laughs) rejections for these projects that I was super excited about. So one was this Audible original, Haunted, that Joe and I both worked on. It was a, a short, very, very short novel. And we were just like banking on this. Like, this is happening. This is so fun. And the rejection was amazing. It was like, oh my God, the writing's awesome. We just have a lot of haunted house stories right now. So I don't think we could break this out in a big way. So it was actually a wonderful rejection. And, you know, in true writer form, it's very easy to get so discouraged. And, you know, it's been since, what, 20, gosh, 2019, 2018, since I've sold anything. Like, yes, I sold four books, but then since then, it's just been crickets. (laughs) So I got a little discouraged, especially with everything going on with Joe. But what we have decided is to take that no as an opportunity to turn it into something bigger and to find a bigger yes. And through all of this with what Joe's going through, he really wants to turn to work and wants to write and wants to, to create something. So we are going to create an actual book-length work of this book. And I think it's going to be incredible. We came up with an awesome pen name that I am so excited about using our middle names. And we're going to attack this project and turn it into something else. So we're really taking that no and making it work for us. And the other no I heard about was i have been working and it, it was just a partial manuscript Um it, it was a standalone, but really kind of a follow-up to Dear Mother. I changed all the, um, sorry, a follow-up to Not Her Daughter called Dear Mother. And I had changed all of the names and um, character names and kind of plot lines and really wanted to write this story. And I submitted it to Bookator, which is a digital publisher. They do not pay advances. Um, and 
they said no because it's too much women's fiction uh based you know not not straight up thriller which i don't write straight up thrillers and this has been a real like th- this book has been like around and around the circuit within the book of tour walls and i was just like okay is this my sign that i need to move on from fiction because i feel like i keep kind of hitting hitting these walls and i decided as well to really go where my attention was taking me. And I think it's so easy sometimes to put limitations on your dreams, to visualize something going some way. And when it doesn't, you're like, okay, well, I guess it's time to move on to something else or just shelve this altogether. And so I really ask those questions. Do I want to put this book away? Do I want to turn to something else? And I've been taking, I took the month of December to rework a book called The Other Year, which I'm, again, super excited about. And this is way more women's fiction romance for me. So it's a a kind of a different genre. And we are going to submit that. It's a full-length work. So that was something I was doing before as I was trying to submit partial manuscripts, which means only about a third of the manuscript. It's a very hard sell these days to sell something on a partial versus the full book. And as I examine that, like, why why do I keep just writing partials? Why don't I just sit down and write the whole book? And I think I've been so impatient to sell something to make money that I was coming at my creation or creative, like my creative mindset from a place of getting results. You know, I'm going to create this if I can make this amount of money. I'm going to create this if I can sell this. And, you know, when when you start getting paid for your work, that's a very easy mindset to get into. But for this book, the other year, I decided to not think about the result, not think about selling it, not think about the outcome, and just fall back in love with the process of writing a book, with really getting in there and doing the work. And when I did that, and when I took the parameters off, and when I stopped thinking about possible rejections, or, oh God, what about if this doesn't sell? Like, do I need to just go back to nonfiction and how I start projecting, how we all start projecting, right? Like I think about Joe and if he goes down the rabbit hole of like, oh God, if this treatment doesn't work or that, you know, then then you just spin out of control and you create these stories that don't even exist, but that you can easily attract to you just by the power of your mindset, the power of thought. I'm reading a book right now called The Power of Fun by Katherine Pierce. And she wrote a book a few years ago called How to Break Up with Your Phone. And it resonated me with me so, 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 so deeply. I shared it with everybody I could. I read that book in like a day. And this book is all about, you know, how to have true fun and how we don't prioritize fun. We focus on fake fun binge watching Netflix, you know, scrolling through our phones, like these quick little dopamine hits instead of doing things that actually bring us true nourishment, playing music, spending time with a loved one, laughing hysterically, you know, trying a new sport, whatever it is that brings you true fun. And there was one passage in there that struck me so completely and it was it was just the subtitle of a section and it was like our lives are what we pay attention to 
And it just really rattled me to my core because part of what has happened in December is that I have really stepped away, stopped paying attention to the story that I've told myself about myself. So who am I when I'm not a CEO? Who am I when I'm not a published author? Who am I when I'm not bringing in all the money? Who am I even allowed to be? What do I want to do? How do I want to spend my time? What do I want to pay attention to? You know, we pay attention to things by default. And one thing my husband and I realized is he has been paying attention to all the minutiae of the day. So I've talked about this at length on the podcast, but, you know, being the chauffeur, making all of the food, running all of the errands, doing all of the laundry, that is what his attention has gone to. And he has told himself a story that he doesn't have time to really focus on his career or what he really wants to do because he's too busy taking care of all those other things. And I've done the same exact thing with work. I'm so busy with work that I don't have time to do anything for fun. I don't have time to focus on being you know, a better friend, a better wife, a better mom, a better me, because I'm too busy with all of these other things. And this book just really gets to the point of it and dispels this whole bullshit lie we tell ourselves about time and how we value time and how we waste our time on phones. You know, this is an old step, but you know, the average person before COVID spent four hours a day on their phone. That doesn't even, that doesn't even get into your computer the TV, an iPad, a gaming system, whatever. That is your phone. That is roughly 79 days a year, people. 79 days a year just on your phone. And one of the things that really struck me was she was talking about, you know, if you added up how much you spend a day on your screen, or let's just say your phone, guarantee you, you do not spend that much quality time with the with the actual people in your life. Like when is the last time you spent four focused, uninterrupted hours with your friends or with your family or, you know, not pulling out this slot machine out of our pocket every five minutes? So the book is so great to like really start to dissect your behaviors to see what we've all kind of bought into. And you know, with my husband, he really realized that while he likes being a designer, he wants to try something new. He wants to lean in to the artist side of himself and he wants to be a painter and an abstract painter. And I'm like, great, go for it. And what I have discovered and what he has discovered is because he has never done this thing before, he doesn't automatically put limitations on it. He doesn't doubt it because he hasn't experienced disappointment with it. So he can dream as big as he wants to dream. He can create, he can wander, he can just kind of co-create this existence of what it's going to look like to be a successful painter without having anything else to compare it to. And I started thinking about that with writing and how You know, I've experienced the high highs of being a writer and I've also experienced the low lows. So sometimes I think I'm really afraid to dream super big because I do know the limitations of the business and I know certain realities and it doesn't feel 
realistic to let myself say that Secrets of Our House, when it comes out in February, you know, it's going to be a USA Today bestseller. It's going to hit Book of the Month Club. Reese Witherspoon's going to pick it up for her book club. Like, those are all the things I would love to say and love to dream about. And then that pragmatic brain is like, well, I know how books get picked for those things. And oh, this would have to happen. And oh, my team would really have to support me. And so then you start telling yourself all the reasons why you can't do this thing. You can't have this thing. You can't be this thing. So you never really allow yourself to be supremely excited about something because it's easier to stay in your little comfort zone, to have your little hits of dopamine, to have fake fun, to not put yourself out there and to just kind of live this this very subdued life or a life that we are putting out on display on social media that's like the highlight reel when we don't even know what we want or how we feel without posting about it or without talking about it. What is it that you really want when you sit down, when you get quiet, What is it that you want? How can you allow it? And how can you receive it? And I think my whole point about today is just how we put up these automatic blocks to having what we want, to living the way we really want. We put up these imaginary blocks. And then when a real block comes into play, unfortunately, like Joe and Anna are experiencing everything just comes into focus about what matters and what doesn't. And what I implore you all to do today is to not let it get to that point where something has to happen. Someone has to get sick. You have to, you know, really understand what's at stake before you start to analyze your life and what you want and how you want to feel. And one of the best ways to do that, I think, is to center yourself, to meditate, to use positive affirmations. And people roll their eyes about that. But the thing that I think doesn't work about that and about manifestation is that we think about what we want, but what we're really thinking about it is that we don't have it yet and what it's going to feel like when we finally have it. We don't embody that thing or that lifestyle, or that healthy mindset that we want without attaching emotionally to it. So for me, with writing, it's like, yeah, I want all these things, but I think I'm still emotionally charged by it. So instead of just putting myself in in the shoes of a New York Times bestseller, or a USA Today bestseller, and like, this is, this is what that feels like, and this is how I would move through the day. And then not attaching to it, what we do is we emotionally attach and we get so, so focused on what it's going to feel like and what it should feel like. And I think once you find like if you can embody what you want and experience it in the moment and not attach to it, that sometimes you find you don't even need the real experience to come through. And I know for for Anna right now, as she is facing this very serious treatment. She is like with the chemo, for instance, she is imagining like a little Pac-Man mouth, like going through and just eating up 
all the cancer and filling her body with golden light and keeping her mind strong. And I just have to ask, like, why don't we do that for ourselves every single day? Why don't we get our minds right every single day and really focus on our natural state, which is well-being? Our natural state is well-being. And when something comes up, whether it's physical, whether it's mental, um, we have blocked the flow in some way. Every ailment, every sickness, every failed relationship, that is something that we can assess and examine and fix. I, I truly believe that our brains and our minds are capable of curing almost anything. And it's the thing that we aren't really taught to flex. And it is, we're not really given the tools to understand how to be resilient, how to create that positive, not even a positive mindset, just a a healing mindset, an embodied mindset, an allowing mindset, a receiving mindset, um, the ability to believe, but then also not attach. And I think that is the delicate balance. And I'm really working every day to just sit and detach and allow and see what comes in and to learn how to soften and not cling so much to business success or author success or really focusing so much time on career because that is important. But as I'm seeing with Joe and Anna and all of my friendships and all of my relationships, that is at the end of the day, it's it's so cliche to say, but it, it really is what matters. The love we have for others, the love we have for ourselves, it is what matters. So as you are approaching this year, ask yourself how you can embody what you want, how you can detach from emotion, how you can find some true fun in your lives, how you can put down this slot machine in your pocket and show up for yourself, for your friends, for your partner, for your children, and be present because it is truly all we have. And with so much noise out there and so much negative news and so much doom and gloom, I think the more you get quiet and the more you look to nature and the more you look to yourself, you will start to sense the real order of things and the real story and the real narrative of of what you want to believe and how you want to live your life. And there's power in that. There's power in tuning out all of the shit and listening to yourself. So I hope everyone is off to a wonderful start of 2022. I am on the countdown for my next book, Secrets of Our House, that comes out on February 8th. Pretty exciting. I would love for you to check out Anna's GoFundMe campaign. Again, her name is Anna Tower. We'll put the link to the GoFundMe campaign in the show notes. Send her some healing love and energy. Send Joe some healing love 
and thoughts. If you want to reach out to Joe directly, just drop him a line. Let him know you're thinking about him. You can email him at joe at rightwayco.com. We love you, Joe and Anna. We are thinking about you. And we also appreciate you guys tuning in every single week. We will have some normal (laughs) content uh, for the next couple of weeks. And just let us know what you think. Until next week. Hey, thanks again for listening to The Right Way Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, review, and comment, and help us continue to deliver the content you want and need. And for more information about RightWay, visit rightwayco.com to get more info on all our editorial and developmental services, and sign up for our weekly newsletter, where we'll be sharing exclusive content, access to digital courses, and offering proprietary resources for aspiring and established writers. 